Welcome, Fibers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. It's time, once again, to join your hosts Q and J in the writer's room for an other stuff, too, discussion you'll definitely agree with. High Five, the podcast, is not responsible for your agreement or disagreement with our discussions, but if you don't agree with us, you're wrong. And now, on with the show. Jade, 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 Jade. It's high five time with high five guys. QJ time. Mana, 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 wow. <laughs> hey, man, how are you? I am doing well, man. You know, it's been a busy week uh, for movie news. It's been a busy week for just activities, and I'm excited to finally get back on the horn with you and talk about what's been going on. But overall, you know, it's been a good week. We introduced Emma to the whole, the all of the Toy Story franchise movies. Oh my this god, week? all 37? All 30. Well, we watched the the Canon 3 and then we Got watched it. the Halloween special. Got it. But we're getting her excited for Toy Story 4. Um I don't think she really gets the uh the weight of Toy Story 3 if I'm right. being completely honest. She doesn't get the implication that after you guys leave the movie you're taking all of her toys away? <laughs> no, she doesn't understand <laughs> that at all. But one thing I can say and I was happy about this cue. Toy Story 3 uh-huh. totally holds up. I haven't watched it in a while, but even at the end when they were going down into the fire, I was getting choked up all over again. <laughs> hey, before we get too deep into it, uh, I'd say we should high five the beginnings of another other tough other stuff two conversation. Which, judging by your tearfulness at Toy Story, maybe another tough two. Is this going to be a tough one? It's going to be a tough one. High five. Moody and stuff. stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Pimping little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. All right. So now we can really just deep dive into all the the bullshit we never get to talk about on the show. (laughs) Right, right. All of the stuff that matters to us. And no one else. <laughs> and Yes, right, right. Well, you know what? This week, I think we have a lot of stuff to talk about that will matter. I mean, we've got the Disney Plus announcement. We've got Star Wars stuff. Um, Marvel's yeah. coming out. And honestly, one of the things I want to start with, if we're going to talk about yeah. what we watched, is uh-huh. Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. The last time it. we recorded another stuff, too, I think we were less than 24 hours from the release of uh, some Twilight Zone episodes. Yes, we and were. And now we've had three. We have. And they have come with some very interesting revelations. I I am so... Okay, I definitely want to dive into all of them. I've seen all three. I know you have as well. But yes. I want to start with you. Give me your opinion on Twilight, the new generation. Uh, well, first off, let me just say, it turns out my theory was correct. Okay, I wanted to address this. I think you're right. But you have to explain for everybody how you know that. Okay, so... Uh, Remind us what your theory was, by the way. Okay, so my theory, which we talked about a couple episodes back, I think it was maybe in... No, it was in our Twilight Zone episode. Mm -hmm. It was. If anybody wants to listen to that. Um, I posited a theory that the the new Twilight Zone series, the Jordan Peele-produced Twilight Zone series on CBS All Access, watch now, uh, will be in a shared universe. So not necessarily where the stories impact each other. Sure. But... Where they will be in kind of a shared, yeah, a conjuring verse. They if you exist will. in the same world or the same zone, if you will, but 
do they are you is your theory also that they exist with the old show episodes as well that uh, yes but i don't know that that if that's going to come to fruition okay because i don't know that the old world i i think the old show had too many episodes where the world ended <laughs> possibly possibly to be possibly. in a shared universe well, because I, if the world kept ending <laughs> just over and over again people would start to get <laughs> suspicious Maybe. But then again, if their minds were erased every time that happened, it wouldn't. So in in my in my theory, my theory is that this takes place in a world where the Twilight Zone exists, but not necessarily in the universe that it's happening. So I kind of almost think like the Twilight Zone may be a TV show in the new Twilight Zone. Oh, interesting. So wait, let's let me ask this. If logistically, are you thinking that while, you know, theoretically, while Adam Scott was in the airplane listening to that podcast, he potentially was flying over the city in which no- Kamal Nanjiani was performing comedy? Yes. That okay. is the crux of my theory. Okay. Is that these things are happening in, in the, not necessarily at the same time, but sure. in the same shared canon. Like they so, could meet even if they don't. I do have some proof to finally validate my claim. Please, um, I need I need it because I have some questions because I was watching the episodes with that in mind and I have some questions for you. Okay, so I had I had kind of put forth that theory that these all take place in the same shared universe in that in our Twilight Zone episode. Um, based solely off of the trailer, and I had this weird feeling that nobody on the internet was talking about that they were going to that was going to be the new step that they were going to take is they were going to kind of like connect their stories in a tangential way like a loose kind of way sure and so i watched the first episode and there wasn't really any connection so to speak of a because i hadn't seen any other episodes right there's no other episodes to connect it to yeah exactly um so let's go episode by episode and then how about i will offer up the ways they connect as we hit in that episode that's amazing i love it so episode one kamal nanjiani the comedian right off right out the gate i'm gonna go ahead and just give you my overall opinion of the episode it was fine okay um i didn't love it um at the point where i had not seen any other twilight zones episodes yet I will say that after the end of the episode, I was a little hesitant to even roll into the second episode because I was really, even though you say you liked it fine. I liked it fine, but that's not what I wanted from twilight. Sure. I wanted to love it. Sure. 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 So liking it fine is kind of like, Oh, this is a bit of a letdown. You're in, you're in my camp of all this should have been so much better. Right. And it's, so we'll give the basic premise of the episode. The concept is Kamal Nanjiani is a struggling comedian um, who, after repeatedly bombing with the same joke. Man, that's a terrible joke, too. Yeah, you're right. It is totally not good. It's Everyone bad. always loves regulation and constitution-based jokes. Exactly. But the weirdest part, I think, about the whole that whole bit, let's just call it out, is he keeps doing that joke through the entire episode like even when he finds fame yeah spoiler alert he finds fame later in the episode due to like a faustian deal with tracy morgan the the devil tracy morgan apparently uh who is basically just tracy morgan right yes he is he's just a famous comedian that has uh unknown knowledge 
Part of me would have really liked if Kumail Nanjiani, when they meet at the bar scene at the beginning of the episode, if he would have been like, holy shit, you're Tracy Morgan. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Although that may have messed up later the whole Twilight Zone alternate universe For sure. reveal or something. And then he would have been like, hey, boy, yeah, I am. <laughs> I can't do a Tracy Morgan. Wow, that was – no, no, please try again. I want you to do a Tracy Morgan again. Please. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know Tracy Morgan. That is the worst Tracy Morgan ever. Can you do a Tracy Morgan? No. You know I can't do a Tracy Morgan. I can barely do, like, normal impressions. Can you do uh, Kamal Nanjiani? The Second Amendment says... I don't know. <laughs> Why is your Kamal Nanjiani country? He's he's not. He's just like the Second Amendment says... <laughs> Don't you know when the Second Amendment says guns and bidaboo? I'm Kamel Nanjiani. I'm on Silicon Valley. <laughs> Silicon Valley. It's French. He also has a, everybody knows that, I mean, that was pretty accurate. Everybody knows Kamel Nanjiani has a really bad habit of totally mispronouncing every single title of any project that he's in. That's, that is, that is very true. Hit that one time he he started in the Biog sock. <laughs> I you know what I've really loved his promotion so far for Twilight Zone Eye. Yeah, it's great. He's so. doing a really good job. Um, but no, seriously. <laughs> so this episode, basically, he's a down on his his luck comedian who you know maybe wouldn't be so not successfully if he didn't keep trying the same bombing joke over and over again. <laughs> well, what's weird about that, and and sorry to harp on it, but what's so weird about that to me is that. At 40 minutes into this episode, we as the audience, and obviously him as the person gaining success from these tactics, uh-huh. knows exactly what has to happen. And For yet sure. every time he starts with that one terrible joke and then realizes, oh, I got to talk shit about somebody. Right. And just every, like, start with different terrible jokes, maybe, but what not that the, same one. What was the joke, too? It's like the Second Amendment it's has. Just, the words regulation in it. Right. It's and like they, people use the second amendment to, to push back on gun regulation, except this first line of the second amendment is for a regulated gun hilarious. population. It's so funny. I'm still laughing. My sides are hurting and my man boobs just jiggling everywhere. All over the place. Just uh, so funny. So he meets Tracy Morgan in a, in the bar of the comedy club after yes. his set. And Tracy Morgan in the world of the Twilight Zone is this very famous, elusive, reclusive comedian. Yes. Um, so Kamel Nanjiani's very excited and kind of starstruck, starstruck to see him and asks if he has any pointers on his set. And basically the, the crux of the episode is Tracy Morgan tells him that the audience is here to hear about his life, basically. Right. Make Not it personal. Not to hear about his political underpinnings or whatever, you know, messages he's trying to send. And I kind of think that that's that was Kamal Nanjiani's character is he is a guy who's trying to create social change through his comedy. Right. Basically. Sounded Um, like it. And so Tracy Morgan, yeah, just says make it personal. So he discovers that anytime he speaks about someone in a joke on stage, that person ceases to exist and not a matter of they're disappeared and no one knows where they are but ceases to exist where people don't even have a memory of them like they have never existed right so this happens with their uh dog cat yep 
Uh, it oh. happened. Also, another hilarious joke. So funny. Uh, um, her nephew, his girlfriend's nephew. Which, that one was shocking. Um, and then the the bully uh, MC at the comedy club. Yep. And that's kind of what two people. For sure, which is also kind of crazy. So that's kind of where it goes. And you can kind of see how it would snowball from there. Anybody that so, basically pisses him off, he right. decides to disappear. <laughs> but at the same time, with each time that happens... The audience loves him more, and he finds another level of success. Correct, correct. Now, I wanted to ask you this question. One thing I noticed watching all three of these episodes is that they all, I don't want to say mirror, but they all at least reference or are a different take on some version of an old Twilight Zone story. So Adam, mm -hmm. the Adam Scott one is the most obvious. Airplane, mystery, he's going crazy, everyone else is mad at him on the plane. This one feels like, you know, there's an old Stephen King story called Word Processor of the Gods. Yeah. And it's everything that. he writes down comes to fruition. But this is that in reverse. It's that in reverse and done through a comedy angle. Is there an old episode of The Twilight Zone that is that, like, I make a story or I make a painting or I make a joke or whatever. And then yeah. that comes to life. There is. Absolutely. There is. Um, I don't remember the title of the episode, but there is an episode that is actually basically a a word processor of the gods episode okay and, and i thought a, i'd remember that a man one. is a writer and anything he dictates into his dictaphone becomes there it is real gotcha so this is sort of an updated version of that yeah now i'll give you my overall take i think i liked this episode a little bit more than you did sure. mainly just because i didn't have um i know how connected you are to the old series sure i enjoyed it fine i didn't love it but I liked it a lot. That's kind of where I land. Well, a little bit more thing. than you, but I didn't love it. I liked the story. The problem mm -hmm. with me was the pacing. I thought yeah. felt weird. It felt, and it was, the <sighs> longest episode of the series so far. It's like an hour. It was. Yeah. And the second episode is a half hour. Yeah. So it felt unnecessarily long. I got what was happening after the first 15 minutes you know what you I know mean? what I I agree with you I kind of felt that too I thought the concept was good I thought the acting was fine sure. and I thought everything that happened in it was fine but really I think if I were to love the episode it, it needed to be a little bit tighter sure and if it I, I would say I would probably have loved the episode if they would have done two things one made it a half hour episode mm -hmm. I feel like if it if things would have escalated for him more quickly it would have been snappier and I would have been more yeah. on board with it. And then secondly, if they would have eliminated the fact that he kept doing that same joke over and over. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was in itself trying to be a gag. And if it was, then it wasn't funny. But it made him to me seem like, and I'm not a real comedian by any means, but you have done stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. It seemed oddly unrealistic for somebody who is actually into comedy it it is unrealistic now i understand thematically what they were doing like as a comedian if my goal is to create political change then i may continue to try and do jokes in that category sure to make it work and find the right rhythm but to do the same joke over that amount of time at the same pacing to start a set when you know it doesn't work. No, not a lot of real comedians would do that, which could also be the point. Maybe he's just flat out, not a very smart comedian. Maybe that was the point they were making. But to your point, it also jumped out at me as why are you still doing this? Right. And maybe that would have been the problem too. 
maybe it was maybe it was miscast then because Kumail Nanjiani is a very funny, very successful comedian. So it's and hard he kind of already me. did this shtick in the Big Sick, if I'm being right. honest. But it's hard for me to imagine him. It it rubs me the wrong way when actual comedians try to actively act unfunny. So, like, did you I not think... like Aziz Ansari in Funny People? No. Yeah. No. Me neither. But see, that's a problem for me. I think that's the problem. If you get an unknown who I know is not funny, it's right. it's like you're telling it's like you're trying to tell my brain something. Like the sky is purple when I can clearly see that it's, it's blue. like it's not. It's like I know he's funny. Right. I've heard him be funny. I have seen him be funny. He's too famous of a name for me to be like, he is not funny. So I get the Tracy Morgan casting. Maybe they should have gone with somebody a little more nebbish and unknown. So you can see you can actually watch that kind of growth, too. Right. So those are kind of my issues with it. So I don't want to beat that one to death. It's not a bad episode by any means. It's just I feel like there are way it was not a strong start for the new series for me. I have so a then, I have a thought on that, but let's get to it later. Um, okay. So episode two, this yes. is the one. Oh, what's the? It's not Nightma- called the nightmare flight. at thirty thousand feet. That's it. Nightmare at thirty thousand feet, which obviously is a direct pull from nightmare at twenty thousand feet. Exactly. And so we've got two versions of that. We have got a John Lithgow version from the yes. movie, yep. and we've got a, a William Shatner version from the show. Yes. Now the premise of that one, if people don't know, for uh, God forbid, is that William Shatner and John Lithgow are passengers on a plane they see a goblin on the wing causing damage to the plane they're nervous about flying and they cause a hullabaloo on the aircraft yes that's the premise of the old story and i think the original story was a richard matheson short yes it was so okay cool i was right about that so this episode uh q give us your take and some thoughts about it so i i'll open it right up the gate i really enjoyed this episode yeah me too I really, really did. Um, it is pretty much a direct pull of that episode. It is yeah. literally mm-hmm. just an updated version. So instead yeah. of seeing, because back in the day, in the '60s, back in World War II era, gremlins were a legitimate thing. Like people, right. World War II pilots would come back reporting seeing gremlins on wings of airplanes and messing nice. with things. That was like a real superstition. So I think at the time, that was a little more timely. Yeah. There, there's even Looney Tunes cartoons about gremlins on oh, yeah. World War II planes and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I think that that worked for the time. Now they needed to figure out another crux or another way to kind of make this story happen using something that's a little more current. And what better way to do it than through a podcast? <laughs> and, I, you know, irony aside of us talking about this episode on a podcast, sure. I want to say without bias – I thought that was such a smart way to do that because how crazy would it be to listen to a podcast that's narrating your life as so, your, as it's happening? And you kind of you kind of showed the story there. So that <sighs> is the concept of this episode is a uh, uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott um, is a journalist mm-hmm. who is on an a plane investigative ride. journalist. That's important. That's right. Is on a plane ride to is it like Tel Aviv? So yeah, it was a it was a new it assignment. Was a foreign, yeah, but it was a foreign country, so it they're was. on a very long flight, and he finds an MP3 player in the back seat or seat back compartment mm-hmm. where the in flight magazines and stuff would go, and it ha- it is pu- has a podcast pulled up, and it is a true crime podcast, <laughs> and so. 
He does what anybody would do. I would definitely do it if I found one. He plugs in a pair of headphones and he listens to what it is. Yep. And he starts to notice eerie similarities. One, the flight number being the same as the flight yep. number on his, the, the date being the, the same. The date being the same. And it basically referring to a mysterious disappearance of an airplane. So it is an episode of this true crime podcast about an a, airplane that has disappeared. And they're basically telling it in, in past tense. Right. Now, I want to ask you, I want to pause here and ask you a question, Q. I, something happened in this episode that sparked like a whatever in me. At the very beginning of that podcast, the narrator says, we've already explained to you the crazy circumstances around, you know, US 847 and Boeing something, something, whatever. But now we want to tell you about Adam Scott's plane. Are the other two plane numbers that he references right there, the other two versions of this story? Do you oh know? Oh my God. I don't know. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, at the like if we I haven't gone back and watched the episode, but at the very beginning of the fake podcast, it says, "We've already relayed to you the weird situations around flights something 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 and something else." And for whatever reason, that hit me as I think they're referencing the other two versions of this story, but I I, I wanted to ask you if you noticed that. Um, I didn't. Did I notice something that you didn't? You did. Oh man, I I pure, I truly hope to God that this is a true thing that I got right. Well, God, I wish I could. Like, I'm trying to look it up right now, and I can't. There's like there's, no, there's no information on it. We can we can look it up after this episode, and we can relay on uh, on the next episode whether I'm right or not. God, I hope you're right, because that would that would make my theory that would be even yeah. more irrefutable proof of my theory. Well, and especially later in this episode, which isn't I mean, it could just be a drop in the bucket, but when the plane spoiler alert inevitably ends in the destination that it ends in, there is washed up in the water a doll of the goblin from the original Twilight Zone and show. And that is what leads me to believe that the Twilight Zone series exists. Within the canon of this series. So you think that was an actual stuffed animal doll from the Twilight Zone show from the 60s in this universe? Yes. Awesome. I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Did like, you notice any other connections with this episode? Because personally, again, I yes. I really, really, really liked this episode. Yes. So the, Short beginning, and sweet. Of this, the beginning of this episode is what, and, and it really so far has been the main thing that has shown the connection to the future episodes and a past episode at the beginning of the episode adam scott is uh at a newsstand inside the airport and right. runs into a gentleman who he will later meet on the plane and justin thoreau kind of big key into no it's not justin thoreau it's not no who is that? it's oh it's, it's the, the dude, dude from it's the from, dude from uh, silicon valley yeah yeah is that right is he on that show i think he is uh, Man, now I need to look it up. Now anyway, he, he you keep talking. I'll find it out. Who, who later, or you look it up. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. He runs into a dude who later becomes very important in the story, but on the newsstand with the magazine that holds his story, there is a magazine on the top rack that has Kumal Nanjiani's face on it. Oh, really? That is like, a, I assume is kind of like a comedian of the year kind of thing oh man i did not notice that at all so that happens and then below his magazine is talking about the presidential run of a child 
which is a future episode oh. that has been talked about of this series. I remember. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So Chris right Diamond- there, Chris Diamondopoulos. Yes, we have. That's the guy on the plane. Yes. We have irrefutable evidence that these exist in the same universe now. Yeah. That's true. You did it. Q. So, boom. Nobody can argue that. It is very clear that those two things are happening within this same episode. And uh, to to back up my point before, Chris Diamondopoulos was in Silicon Valley. He was. He, He was who I was thinking of. I just said the wrong name. Uh, but Got it's it. Chris Diamondopoulos, the guy from the Three Stooges remake, which I'm sure is his yes. favorite reference for his career. For sure, 100%. That's how he wants to go down, as always being known as Mo yeah. from uh, <laughs> from uh, Three Stooges yeah. remake. The so, Fairly Brothers Three Stooges, <laughs> cinema classic. All in all, I, I really liked episode number two. Very good episode. So moving on to episode number three, which is called Replay. Replay. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I was going to say. I wanted to put a pin in it. I don't know your feelings on this episode, but I'll put myself out there, Q, with my emotions. Okay. I really wish this had been episode one. Uh, I definitely agree. 100%. Because if they had done this, then Adam Scott's episode, then The Comedian, I, I think it, that would have been a better progression. I wouldn't have wanted them to start with Adam Scott's episode because that's too much of a wink to the old sure. show. Sure. But the replay episode, I thought, had all the elements that I wanted, social commentary, weird circumstances, bittersweet everything yep it sort of was perfectly what i wanted and would have encapsulated what i would have expected from jordan peele's version of twilight zone yep uh replay did um exactly what the old twilight zone series was known for it provided in some cases very on the nose social commentary about current things currently happening now it can be argued that the themes explored in replay are not they're evergreen concerns true they're not things that are just currently relevant they are always relevant they have been relevant for 100 years (coughs) and that is um the marginalization and the danger of being a person of color in america In, in america now what i will say my only critique well not only but my main critique of replay is it may be too on the nose yep i but, agree with that but i was fine going along with what they were doing and since the episode was only about 40 minutes i think it kind of it had me and it didn't lose me so i will say for the concept of the episode um, just a quick rundown is basically a mother is transporting her son or is traveling with her son to college. Right. Um, and they are a, a black mother and son and they, she, the mother is in possession of a camcorder, um, that has been in the family for a long time. You'll find out exactly how long later in the episode. And by pure accident, she discovers that anything that is filmed on the camera when she hits the rewind button, it not only rewinds the video, but it rewinds time. Right. and But only – she's the only one who notices. And so, Exactly. So she is – yes. So she's the only one who can remember both the, the present that had happened before it got rewind and the current situation as well. Right. Um, and it basically the episode is them trying to evade – a police officer. We'll put it and, that way. And mysteriously somehow always finds them. Yes. It's almost, it's a force of nature type thing, which it is. 
and and let me I want to say something that I really really liked about this episode. Can I, Q? Yeah, of course. In most stories like this where someone, you know, in a horror movie where someone is trapped, they're trying to get through or around something, I usually disagree with people's choices. It's like, why wouldn't you just fill in the blank? Yep. In this episode, they actually do all the things that I usually yell at the screen. I'm like, just go a different way. That's yep. the first thing that they try. Yep. Just get off the road, stay in a hotel, get out of view of the roads. They do that, and it doesn't work. Like, try to go sneak around in not a car. They do that, too. Like, all the things that I would have wanted them to do, they tried, which I appreciated because it meant the episode was more thought out than a lot. I I couldn't agree more. Um, one of the other things that I really loved about this episode, as you know, as our listeners know, Joey, no surprise, you and I are not people of color. No, we are no. two white bearded glass bespectacled white dudes. Yep. And at, in a very small way, this episode I felt they somehow were able to communicate I felt their tension. Even right. though it is not something that I have ever experienced in my in my everyday life. I cannot say that I have ever felt any more threatened by a police officer than other than, wow, this is a really giant inconvenience. <laughs> right, I've yeah. Never, when getting pulled over, I have never felt in fear for my life. No. And somehow, this episode, the way that it, these characters, the way that I connected to these characters, the way that the story was presented, it actually helped to kind of put in perspective that feeling, and it mm -hmm. actually kind of evoked that feeling of dread. And I will say that there was through the entire episode, that was one of the things that that episode did most successfully for right. me is it. I was in a constant state of dread. And, and let every me every time they that, got in the car, I was afraid. Yeah, exactly. Cause like what's going to happen. And the fact that each scenario they tried was so different, it didn't get repetitive, which I liked, right. even though it was meant to be repetitive. That's like the theme. To, to add to your point right there, and this is why I say I think this was the best representation of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, so it should have been episode one, in my opinion, because sure. that same existential dread and connection is what made Get Out so powerful to me. I think exactly. Jordan Peele has found a way to marry social consciousness with horror themes that personalize that dread in anybody. Which sure. makes it relatable, which makes it conversational, which makes me be able, as someone who does not have that experience, to connect one-to-one -one the emotions that go along with it. Maybe not to the extent, because I don't have the history and the context, but I, I'm, I'm closer now to understanding what that feels like than my life experiences have allowed me to be. I couldn't agree with you more, dude. 100%. I think that is Jordan Peele's strongest attribute as a, a cinematic voice and as a storytelling voice is he has a way to translate the black experience into a way that even though the story may be heightened and fantastical, it provides a glimpse at the same feelings mm -hmm. that living the black experience emotes from people on a daily basis it's somehow it's an emotional like, resonance it is and it distills it down and it makes me feel like oh shit like these feelings that i'm feeling now watching this horror movie or this terrifying episode of the twilight zone 
is what people of color uh, a slice of what they feel like every single day when they get yeah. in the car. And you know what I mean? And that to me is why I got full body goosebumps when I heard that Jordan Peele was behind the Candyman remake. For sure. Full body goosebumps because what that historically in the horror genre is exactly what that movie is. There could not have been a better pairing of creative mind to remake material than that movie and Jordan Peele. For sure. 100% absolutely agreed. So I will say that being said, we'll wrap up our Twilight talk, Twilight Zone talk with I thought the third episode for me, I I thought it was the best so far. Yeah. The next uh, one with Steven Yen looks pretty good, too. Did you watch The Traveler? The pre- yeah. I did. That I looks did. interesting. I, I like the idea of that one. So, so far, Twilight Zone off to a good start. Off I'm, to a weak first episode start. But picking up I feel steam. like it's picked up some serious steam. And now it does feel like Jordan Peele's interpretation of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. I'm I'm in. Like, I'm in for the rest of the season. And I cannot wait. Every two weeks when we do these other stuff, two episodes, I want you and me to get back in the zone and, and touch base on the, the episodes that, that have happened in, the, in between. Well, and that's what we'll call it, back in the zone. Q and J in the zone. In, in the, the zone. zone. zone, zone. All right, so we got to talk, talk about some other things that have happened in, uh, in the time since we last recorded. So uh, where do you, okay, okay, you want to start? Do you want to start with Disney Plus or do you want to start with Star Wars? Let's start with Disney Plus. Okay. So Disney Plus uh, is a new streaming service from our overlords at Disney. Man, uh, they own everything. And you know what? They're going to own my subscription. <laughs> day one. Holy crap. Day $6 for everything? That's crazy. Oh, it's six ninety nine. dollars Okay, $7. sorry. Man, my yeah. goodness. Come on. Se- there's, a do- there's an extra dollar there. But they also have oh. a year subscription option. For $70, you can get a year. Which I mean... Is- it- that's Actually, less, less than Amazon well. Prime, and I'm going to use it more than Amazon Prime. Exactly. And so here's the thing. So they had a press conference. I think it was Thursday. Right. You watched um, it, didn't you? You live? No, no. Yeah. You live tweeted the Star Wars event, but you but you I also watched, watched the, the press conference. Right. Um, via the Disney tweets because they they were right. live tweeting it. Disney was. And so basically, here's kind of the things that they announced. So it is going to be a competitor to your Netflixes and your Hulus, even though Disney also owns majority stake in Hulu. Uh, They're competing with themselves at this point. Um, It is going to have original programming. For the first time ever, it will have all of the original vaulted Disney animated classics streaming. Except, except, except for Song of the South. Yes, which rightfully so. Again, Yep. We understand. Yep. We're we okay it. with that, Disney. We get it, Disney. Y- yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're probably, fine, Disney. Probably don't. <laughs> Disney, low-key, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it's going to be the first time that all of those have been streaming in one place. Now, they have been streaming from time to time in different areas, but never all together and yeah. all of them. And then, I mean, you talked about original programming, but good Lord, we've got Mandalorian We've Holy got shit. the the Loki series with Tom Hiddleston. Yes. We've got uh, an upcoming Hawkeye series with Jeremy yes. Renner. We've got um, WandaVision, which yeah. is the dumbass title for the new Scarlet Witch Vision So series. dumb. So dumb. Uh, but we've also got, I mean, like, like you had mentioned, because of the Fox merger, they've got everything. The Simpsons catalog is going to be on there. Okay, that's one thing I do want to discuss before I have to, because uh, I got a little information that I want to put forth against the Marvel series that are coming to the 
to the streaming service. Um, I got another theory, everybody. Let's do it. Um, no, man, you told me this theory, and I cannot wait for you to reveal it publicly. Right, fuck it. We'll do it right now. So here's the deal. So they did announce a Hawkeye series. They announced a Loki series. They announced a uh, Scarlet Witch Vision series, and they announced a Falcon Winter Soldier series. Right. My theory is this. My theory is it's an end game theory. Okay. So in the upcoming, Avengers Endgame, like the movie. Yes, the upcoming movie coming out April 26th. My theory is that whatever events transpire in the Avengers Endgame film, mm-hmm. it will create there two universes will be created. Right. How that happens, I don't know. There's a bunch of different theories. One that people exist now in the soul gym. And sure, there is yeah. like a universe that has been created inside the soul gem. And that's one of the theory that comes straight from the comics. So that yep. one's a reliable theory. Um, another is that it, it, you know, in past there have been histories of multiple dimensions yep. existing. So that is also a tried and true past trope that has been used in Marvel comics that you have multiple earths with multiple scenarios. Right. Um, my theory is this. The people who got dusted are not dead. They're in another dimension. Mm-hmm. And that dimension will continue on as the new Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think there's – so there are some hiccups with uh, – you and I kind of both were there like, well, are, what about this? What about yeah. this? But we think we we think that's where it's going. Or I have come since you told me that theory to fully agree with you, by the way. So somehow – because you got to think, the people that <sighs> – mostly got blinked out of existence are the people who we know are getting future films. Right. Black Panther, definitely get another movie. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, definitely get another movie. Um, The Guardians of the Galaxy, definitely getting Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The only one who didn't get blinked out was Rocket. And I I could see them replacing Rocket in the next movie. Well, see, what I'm also thinking is that one of my theories is that the end of this movie is basically a trade. So to get all the people back who were dusted, a handful of people have to take their place or like willingly or something. I don't know. Got it. I, I don't know. Maybe some sort of major sacrifice moment. Yeah. Something like that. You know, that's and like I'm, the original, the original team sacrifices themselves to move on. And then yes. they become the Marvel, the Disney plus. I, my theory is I can see us getting, Oh, and that was God, you spoiled my theory. So that was it. So, the people who do not stay on in the MCU mm-hmm. are going to transfer to what I am dubbing. I'm saying it right here. Do it. Do it. Is the MSU, the Marvel streaming universe. Do it. Okay. That's where we're labeled. TM, the little circle TM after yep. that. That's ours. It's that's right ours. Here. That is ours. High five podcast. We own it. I'm writing it down on a piece of paper. I'm mailing it to myself. So, so it's post-dated and a copy to Bob Iger. Cause and he needs to know <laughs> just cause he, he, well, he listens. He listens. Right. He right Bob? He's a fan. Wink. Bob. Um, so that's my theory. The people who do not continue on in the MCU will get serious because I don't know if you heard now, but now there's talk that a Hulk series is coming starring Mark Ruffalo that is going to yep. feature the She-Hulk and will focus around She-Hulk, yep. which is his cousin. So part of me feels like 
they don't because if you're Disney, you don't want to lose all of these properties. No, no. You don't want to just go, okay, well, it's all blinked out of existence. We're never going to make another Mark Ruffalo Hulk thing ever again. But it does provide less of a commitment for those stars if they mm-hmm. are on in a cameo style capacity. And it allows Marvel to continue their merchandising through continued small screen stories. And it would also align with what they're doing with other properties of theirs, like Monsters Incorporated. So the Monsters Incorporated show, to my understanding, is going to be like a workplace comedy a la The Office, but at Monsters Incorporated. And Jennifer Tilly, Bob, Billy Crystal, and John Goodman have all agreed to come back for it in cameo-based appearances. It's going to focus focus around a new monster. A new monster working at Monsters, Inc., and then they're like the big wigs. And so they're doing that exact formula for their other properties. It would make sense that they would incorporate that formula for their Marvel stuff. And the theory about the Hawkeye show is that it's actually going to regard his daughter who becomes the new Hawkeye. And him training her. And so he'll probably be sort of like... You remember how um, he's like Bradley Whistler Cooper? And Blade. He's like Whistler and Blade, but I was thinking more like Bradley Cooper in the um, Limitless TV series. Yeah. So it's a TV series that flows out of the universe of the movie. Bradley Cooper is handing off the mantle in the first couple episodes to the main new character and then just cameos throughout. And I think yes. that may be what Jeremy Renner does is he trains his daughter or his daughter takes up the mantle for him after he dies in Endgame. And then he comes back as like, Almost like Dexter's dad. I would love that. So, I mean, and they they teased it even in the trailer with him training his daughter to shoot an arrow. Yep. And we know from the comics that his daughter does take up the mantle of Hawkeye. So, again, we don't know how close they're sticking to the comics, but it all makes sense. All right. So, that's our big, that's the big theory. There are going to be two universes, the MCU and the MSU. And then our other theory is that we are definitely buying Disney Plus the day yeah. that it comes out. That's happening. There's so much good stuff on there. They've got, Jay, I don't know if you saw, but some of the things I'm most excited about is there's going to be a Leslie Iwerks documentary series that's uh, basically a, all about the behind-the-scenes of the animation at Oh, I didn't see that. That would be awesome. We always watch those behind-the-scenes animation documentaries on the DVDs and Blu-rays. There's going to be a... But this is a series. I know. There is a untitled documentary Imagineer series about all the Imagineers that create the things that you see at the parks. Dude, can I... I want to stop you. I want to throw out a theory. What if we got a Disney-based style modern version of movie magic? I would love that. Like the old episodes we've talked about before, yes. like doing the Independence Day special effects or whatever. What if they I did a series about like, this is how we did the effects for, you know, Civil War, Avengers, and this is how we did the animation for Coco, and ooh, that'd be cool. I would absolutely love that. Um, and then lastly, they're doing some uh, dr- some f- big features that are going to mm-hmm. be streaming specific. So you've got a live action Lady in the Tramp remake that's going to yep. go live day one. And by the way, day one, everybody, is November 12th. Yeah. That's launch day. It is so close. Um, it's so right near Amanda's birthday. I know what I'm getting Amanda for a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Here you go. Subscription to a streaming service. A year-long subscription, mine. which is I will use as well. Um. <laughs> So, continuing on the Disney train, uh, Disney had another huge announcement uh, Friday. Which, okay, can I say, um, it's about damn time. For sure. We've been waiting way too long for all of this. Uh, they had not only announced the during the Star Wars celebration the title 
of the new of the <laughs> final Star yeah. Wars Skywalker saga, but they also released the first teaser trailer. I want okay. There's two questions I have to ask you, Q. Mm-hmm. One, what do you think of the title? And two, oh. were you bummed that the teaser trailer wasn't the exact same format as the other two movies? Like we yes. with the first ones. Okay, so yes. go those two questions. Go. So first one, I like the title. It's fine. I, I, I'm not, like, turned off by it. I'm not, like, super into it. It's like, sure. okay, it's the uh, the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It does bring up a lot of questions. Are they going to – is somebody else another Skywalker? Is yeah. Is Rey a Skywalker? Is that Kylo was what I told you. Well, is Kylo is theory. kind of a Skywalker already. Oh, he – I mean, he de- – he, by family, by blood, he 100% is. Um, so I don't – I don't know what it means. We'll put it that yeah. way. I don't know what it means. Um, but I'm into it. It's better than some of the ones I heard, which are like, um, the, the force, the rise of the force or like the rise, the fall of the Jedi or something. Yeah. There's rise like a bunch, of the gray was one of them. Yeah. There was like a bunch that were bandied about that. I wasn't like super into, so I can right. get down with the rise of Skywalker. Right. I think that's cool. And the other day, once they announced it, I legitimately went through and named all the movies so I could hear it in succession. Uh huh. So we've got The Phantom Menace. Right. We've got uh, Attack Clone. of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. We've got uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. We've got A New Hope. Mm-hmm. We've got Empire Strikes Back. We've got Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. We've got Force Awakens, mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It and works. I was like, yeah, it feels it feels good in there. My, my only hope was, and I had said this years ago, but with the first two movie titles in this last trilogy, they were making a sentence. And I'm kind of bummed that they didn't continue that on. Like, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, something, something, something. Well, yeah, that's true. That's, that would have been that would have been neat, but you know what? I'm fine to to subjugate neat for better. But I don't know if you know this, but it kind of makes a word story. If you put the last movies of each series together, so you've got the uh, the Revenge of the, the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, the Return the of the Return Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and the and Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, the Revenge, I mean it does. Ri- I'm you know fi- what I'm saying? I, yeah, I'm fine with the title. I think it's the thing that it worries me is I and I know you and I disagree on on the Last Jedi. We don't have to get in there, but I was a big fan of the whole. Ray is not special by birth reveal. I was, I, I liked that. Um, but it looks like my fear is, well, my feeling is that they're going to sort of retcon that into Kylo is just lying. Cause he's a jerk. And Ray is part of the Skywalker race, which will rise and defeat evil and move on from there. <laughs> well, in the trailer, they're already showing all of, there's a really funny meme that I saw that was, you know, in, um, in uh, the Last Jedi, uh-huh. they have that scene. They complete the scene from the end of the Force Awakens, and Ray hands Luke his lightsaber, and he just like chucks it over his right. shoulder. I saw a really funny meme that was uh, Ryan Johnson's face on Ray, and he's <laughs> handing a copy of the Return of or uh, the uh, Last Jedi to JJ um, Abrams to JJ Abrams, and he just chucks it over his shoulder. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Because it does kind of seem in this trailer, and I feel like that's why this trailer is not like the other trailers, mm-hmm. is because they wanted to show the fans who, 
were divided, but mostly responded with outrage. Mostly like, responded negatively. I was in the, the minority camp of people who appreciated and truly enjoyed The Last Jedi. But most Star Wars fans were like, eh, we don't like this movie. We don't like the way this, the direction this went. Yeah. So I feel like it was kind of up to them to win those fans back mm -hmm. with this trailer. And I feel like they tried to do that through all of the things, basically pissing, pulling out their wieners and pissing on The Last Jedi. They, they kind of... In the trailer, you see Kylo put his helmet back together. Which or is, somebody put Kylo's either uh, helmet way, back together. Either way, put his helmet back. So the helmet's coming back, which right. Ryan Johnson made sure was smashed to pieces right. in the second movie. Ray has the lightsaber back that was lost in the second movie. Right. Um, uh, he tried to he tried to kill Princess Leia or General Leia, and she is prominently featured in the yeah. trailer. <laughs> that uh, Finn does not have a girlfriend and is on an nope. adventure with uh, with um, Poe. Yep. Um, they literally try. It, it felt like they tried to undo all of the things he killed. Luke Skywalker. Right, and then Skywalker. The he's whole back. voiceover is Skywalker saying, "People are never dead." <laughs> But then you get that crazy reveal at the end. Which is, even though Snoke's gone, maybe not. It like, maybe there's still a big bad. The laugh, the laugh, to any Star Wars fan will know, the laugh of Emperor Palpatine. Right. Which, by the way, can I say my, uh, I was very unhappy with how many people online were like, who's the laugh at the end? It's like, oh all right, you don't, you don't get to have an opinion about the previous movies then. No, because it's so clearly yeah. Emperor Palpatine. Like, of course. Um, Ian Ugh. McDiarmid is back. Yeah. Now, here's here's the only problem that I have with that. I Cool. Like, I'm into it. Sure. He died at the end of the third movie. Well. He got thrown into a reactor pit true, by Darth Vader. True, but... Let's pull out the old movie rule. No body, no death. That's true. That's fucking true. Because Speaking the thing which, is, couldn't, can't Jedi levitate themselves if they, they need can. to? So the fact that we didn't see him splatter on the ground and the fact that the Death Star has pieces of it on these planets. Yep. And, and he's super powerful. He was like the most powerful. And he mentioned that he learned from his math, his Darth Master how to control and overcome death. Which they say is Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Which Darth Plagueis is like the undying. He he has learned to ascend through the force to basically live forever. So it could turn out, and the way that they could retcon it was that, and I think I pitched this to you, Q, was that when he fell, he didn't die, but he was weakened. And he's been living in exile, controlling puppeteering strings with Snoke, from afar since then. And I, now that Kylo has killed Snoke, Palpatine has to come back into the fray to keep things going. I don't going. care what anybody says. J.J. Abrams was not setting up Snoke to die in the second movie. Probably not, but this is a way that he... I mean, he's creative enough to use what he has. And, that's, and that brings me right back again to what I said at the beginning. I feel like this entire trailer... Was retconning yeah. the second movie. And even having even agreeing with you on that, I can say that this trailer got me excited. Her backflip oh, sure. over Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter was maybe, so awesome. Was it Kylo Ren? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. It looked cool, though. 
It did look cool. They it want me to believe it's cool. Kylo Ren. They do, but it's J.J. Abrams, and he's tricky yeah. like that. Um, Mystery so box, that, man. Speaking of nobody, no death, we've got to wrap up our other stuff too episode. But I do want to touch on something that is happening right now, and when this episode comes live, it will already have happened, which is the return of our beloved Game of Thrones. Oh, yes, it's so close. It's happening, what, 12 hours from when we're recording this? Yes, yes. So here's the deal. Speaking of nobody, no death, I have a feeling several characters that we thought dead in the last series, including I have a theory that Stannis Baratheon will be coming back. Ooh. Because they, it was, it, it has bugged me since they did that. When Brienne of Tarth was sent to behead Stannis at that tree, right? She was going to cut, cut his head off. You never see it happen. Nope. And I was, when the season that happened, I remember noting that. And I remember going, that's weird because Game of Thrones is not a show that shies away from showing people get decapitated. What do you, because it happens in the first 30 seconds of the first episode. Is that <laughs> right. why you're referring yes, to that? Yeah. Exactly. And it also so, ends the first season with the main character. It felt very intentional. Yeah. She says that she killed him. But she could lie. People lie in the Game of Thrones universe. I mean, Littlefinger's lied at least once. But her job, I don't know. So I have a feeling Stannis, Stannis is going to come back. I think we're going to see a whole bunch of craziness. I'm so excited. I am really sad that they picked the shortest of the episodes to go right. first. That's a bummer. But there's well, only six weeks left. I know. And well, now the thing there's is only cute. five weeks left. What we can do is our, on our next other stuff too. We can combine that with Twilight Zone and just have like high five on TV and talk about we, Twilight Zone and uh, Game of Thrones. Why don't we just call it the Game of Zones? I love <laughs> ah yes, Game of Zones. Done and done and done and done and done. Game Perfect. of Zones. Every week we're or every other stuff two episode we're going to start by talking about Twilight Zone and Game of Thrones recaps. Yep, the Game. Ah, of Zones. I love it. Welcome to High Five the Podcast's Game of Zones. Drive time. We need like a, a theme mashup. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody send us a theme mashup for Game Here. of Thrones and Twilight Zone. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold or on, you hold do on. the do the Game of Thrones and I'll do the speech over it. Do the <laughs> dun, 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 You are entering See you so next good. time, bitches. Bye. It's time to close the door to the writer's room once again, as this week's award-winning High Five, the podcast episode, comes to an end. Feel free to reach out to the guys with your suggestions for episode topics by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> you got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, 
Google Play, or wherever you're listening to podcasts, and drop the show a five-star rating if you like what you hear. Even if you don't like what you hear, give us a high rating anyway. What's it costing you? Nothing. That's what we thought. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.